0: My name is uh, Milagros Lugo. Millie, most people know me Millie. Uh, I've been around in the faith for about 13 years. I was saved May 15 at 3:16 in the afternoon. I had a real live Jesus encounter. I was a heathen going straight to hell. I didn't care about God. I didn't know one of, I, who cared about God when I was there, um, and I had a Pauline experience. And the minute I saw Jesus, He's God. I am an eyewitness. Jesus is God. He died for us. He took everything that you could ever imagine can ever hurt you ever, ever. He took it on that cross. And uh, I knew immediately what I was gonna do for the rest of my life. My husband and I, we were both in um, advertising and marketing. We were in real estate sales. Uh, We had lots of offices. I used to do the marketing for the Latin American division for our company. And, you know, we were selling Florida, by the way. <laughs> Interesting. And I was in New York, you know. It was just it's amazing. Everybody loved Florida before I did. And uh, I was very successful at it. And once again, God shelters you. He gives you the grace. He covers you. He maintains you. He sees you through. It doesn't matter what you're going through. It's awesome. Well, when I met Jesus, none of that mattered. I let everything go. My real estate license, we had money. I lived off my savings for a while. I knew that I would never go back to the world. And if I did, it wouldn't be to serve them in any way. And so my husband and I lived, we lived by faith for about 10 years. And I say 10 years because just recently we are blessed to enter again into the business end of our ministry. We have a business tree and that's part of my husband's deal. I was born to preach the word of God. I was born to tell you that Jesus is God, that Jesus is Lord, and that he reigns, and his spirit is in us, and that we are his, and that we are his church. And if you're gonna look for the uh, Ark of the Covenant, anyone, just look to the church, because that's who we are. And I'm just gonna share and remind all of you of who you are, because that's it. I'm not teaching, really, today. I'm going to draw from all of you. I move in the prophetic. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. I'm not ashamed of the gifts that he's given me. I'm not ashamed of God. I have issues. Lord knows. You know, me and every day fighting these issues, you know. I woke up. James asked me Sunday, Millie, can you teach for me on, on no, yeah, he asked me last Sunday. Can you teach for me? And I'm like, sure. I didn't give a second thought. You guys are my brothers and sisters. I don't give a second thought. I mean, I'm sharing, you know. But Thursday night at 10 o'clock. No, that was Sunday. I said, yeah, sure. Sunday night, I go to sleep. And I have so many things to do in my life. There's just so many things. Yeah, I'm a grandmother. I'm a daughter. I'm a wife. And I'm the cook. And I clean. And, you know, I'm, on, I'm the gardener. And I lay down in bed, and I'm saying, Lord, what is wrong with me with all the things that I have to do? Why did I say yes? You know, and it just went crazy there for a few days, you know. And I thought, well, Lord, you take over. And then on Thursday night, I got the worst allergy in the world. It was the worst allergy. I haven't had an allergy like this. I haven't had a problem. Friday I came to teach, I have my own class here called the Esther Ministry, these are my Esther Ministry ladies, if anyone is ever interested, turn around, turn around, say hi, say hi, these, you all know each other, but these are Esther Ministry girls, it's a, an equipping and discipleship ministry to equip women in their call, whether they're called housewives, presidents, Hillary can come to my class, let me, yeah. let me not, oh my, oh Lord, I'm being recorded, can you edit that, no name dropping. Um, got the worst allergy and uh, this morning the Lord impressed upon me he says it's by my power you're going to get up you're going to roll out of bed because yesterday I was sick last night I didn't sleep I took the two Benadryl." there goes my husband hey honey he's quiet back there you didn't want to be seen did you All right. hello You know, I roll out of bed, and the Lord just impressed upon me that all this power, so that I will know that it's his. All this power, so that I will know that it's his. I stand before you, and I say the broken body of Christ, and I'll show you why. We haven't been glorified yet. In the church, we are the broken body of Christ. This is why we come together, so that we can have communion, so that we can have unity, so that we can continue to grow The first scripture that we're going to talk about is who we are. Like I said, I'm going to remind you. And before I start, I'm going to pray. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father, for allowing us, Lord, this day, Lord, to come together, Lord. For bringing us together, Lord, in unity, Lord, in community, Lord. For bringing us together today, Lord, in your word, in agreement, Lord. For showing us, Lord, how you see us for telling us who we are, Lord. And, Lord, we just thank you, Lord, and we consecrate this time to you, Lord, and we, we just love you, Lord, and we ask you to come. Come, Holy Spirit, and fill us, infill us, Lord. We need your presence here today to confirm your word, Lord. Bless us all, Lord. Bless us all, Lord, with deep revelation knowledge of who you are, Lord. And we thank you, Lord, for this moment in Jesus name amen i'm going to go to peter two five first Peter two five <coughs> and pardon all the sniffles and all that good stuff and I may have a James Barron moment. I told you I have a class here on Fridays as to ministry. if I can tell you every time I get that kingdom revelation you know, and the grace, of course, one of our greatest, you know, I'm having a James Barrett moment, you know, because it's so good. It's so good. It's amazing when you get out of bed or when you finish your garden or when you deal with the children or when you have a spat with your spouse. Did I say that right? All of a sudden, you know, you're thinking it's all just not good and then you step into a kingdom moment or you have that grace moment. You have that that amazing power that just It just blows you away. It puts you in awe. I know what James goes through. (laughs) Because life becomes a hilarity. Life becomes, it's a joke. It's a joke. You look at the everyday situations, and you're thinking, Lord, this is hilarious. I had a, my husband found a dog, for example. And we didn't want the dog to get destroyed. It's a beautiful boxer dog. But I already have five dogs. I don't mean to have five dogs. I don't mean to, I never wanted dogs. I I don't know what happens in my life. Things just happen. People say that that my life is a comic strip, you know? It's not, really, I don't think, but maybe it is. I have a worthless dog called Hershey. He's worthless, he's 70 pounds. I say worthless with a lot of love because he doesn't like to bark. He's a menacing-looking dog, as it is, so he doesn't bark. He doesn't get up before seven, and he likes to get almost hand-fed. He doesn't want to be disturbed when he's resting. And if a threat comes upon a house, forget about it. He's not doing anything about it. So I said, you're worthless dog. But he belongs to my grandchildren. He takes care of the kids. He's great. Wonderful dog. And then I had a little chihuahua. I, I never dealt with chihuahuas. They're, to me, they're little they're little barking. They just really want to strangle these chihuahuas. I mean, Anybody from Peter here, please. I, I love animals. <laughs> But she came in. My husband said, look, there's a dog at the the fence. And so she comes into my house. She walks into my house. She's pregnant. (laughs) I don't know that. She comes in on Wednesday. I don't know, give or take a few days, and then a couple of days later, she gives birth. She's tiny, so I'm not really thinking all that with her. And she gives birth to four puppies. Four puppies. Four chihuahuas. You know, you got, I got one that I call Puerto Rico because he just really believes he owns, he's a little island, but they really are loud and they're really out there and they want to bite all the time. And I'm thinking, you are called Puerto Rico. He has a terrible attitude. It doesn't mix well with his brothers and sisters always on the side, but I love Puerto Rico. Then, of course, I would have the audacity to name the rest after my grandchildren. I know, Alex, Gianna, joshua which is puerto rico and i'm thinking what am i doing and of course i named the last one joseph but you know what i did this lady wanted to come and buy a dog and i sold joseph i sold joseph (laughs) you know and i have a grandchild named joseph and joseph is asking me there's alex there's gianna there's joshua but grandma where's me I didn't have the heart to tell him I sold (laughs) Joseph because he's been watching the Veggie Tales. You know, (laughs) this is my life. And so my husband finds another dog. And this dog, all of, you know, 60 pounds, mix bull, pit bull with a uh, boxer. He's an adorable dog. And we're thinking, you know, we can't get rid of this dog. We don't know where to put this dog. So I tie him in the front of my house. So I tie him in the front of my house. Hi, sweetie. So I tie him in the front of my house, and uh, I have meetings. I don't know. I can't keep him in the house because I have other dogs in the house. I don't know his customs. I don't know what's going on. So I tie him in the front of the house. He's a great dog. He doesn't bark. I know. Sandra told me because she was there. Other neighbors were fine. Well, I have one neighbor calling me, you know, calling Orange County, calling the police. I'm not home. The police come. Orange County comes. This neighbor apparently never had a dog or never had a childhood. Well, to make this long story short, whatever the devil meant for evil, God turned around for good. They called me about four or five times where I was. How they got the number, I don't know. But they did call me, and this is uh, can we take the dog? Can we tell if he has a chip? Can we see? Can we take the dog to its owner? This is over the phone. And I thought, you know what God, no matter what happens in my life, you're always going to turn it around for good, no matter what happens. And the reason is because, as you start over here, and this is very important, because you have favor, this is called favor. And I'm going to read out of second Peter five. Actually, first Peter, two, five, and it's up there on the board. You also, as living stones, are being built up as a spiritual house for a holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Now, you're a priesthood. I'm here to remind you, you're a priesthood. I'm here to remind you, this is what I'm supposed to do today. I'm supposed to remind you that it doesn't matter what happens in your life. It doesn't matter. Nothing matters. Clark is always saying, don't worry about it. You ever hear that? In the beginning, I didn't get it, and I was always upset because, you know, my whole life was, seemed to be crumbling down between the dogs and the neighbors calling and police and sheriffs and things just happening, things out of control. I did get it. Don't worry about it. I didn't get it. And I thought, God, how am I supposed to walk around not worrying about it? And then he took me to these scriptures. He says, "Millie, I've called you mine. I've separated you. I love you, and there isn't anything that's ever going to happen that's going to change my mind about you. Millie, you were a dead stick. I want you to go to Matthew 12:20." Millie you are a dead stick and this is what he said to me in the midst of all the chaos in the midst of living he said I want you to take my word Millie and I want you to be assured of this a battered reed he will not break off and a smoldering wick he will not put out until he leads justice to victory. Got that guys? Until he leads justice to victory. We found a dog. We were doing what any good Samaritan would do with anything that seems right to do, right? Just picked up the dog, put him in a, try to take care of the dog. And when there was something going on that seemed, you know, Like a plot. It just always seems like something doesn't end right. When you try to do something right, it just seems like the whole world is against you. And the Lord just showed me a long time ago. He said, listen, I got justice for you. I got justice for you. You've been justified. I have justice for you. And until I lead justice out in victory, nothing else is going to happen. We always think the worst. You know, we always think that the end is coming. It's always this looming judgment thing, you know. It's always this looming judgment thing. That is the spirit of religion. We're going to hear it until we get it so that we don't worry. And the Lord said, I've given you justice. And I will lead justice to victory. We are a house. We are the tabernacle. We are Aaron's stick. You ever read that one? Of course you have. Guy's a priest. Let's go to numbers. Seventeen eight. I read it out seventeen seven. So Moses deposited the rods before the Lord in the tent of the testimony. Now on the next day Moses went into the tent of the testimony, and behold, the rod of Aaron for the house of Levi had sprouted, put forth buds, and produced almonds, and bore right almonds. Produced blossoms and it bore right almonds. Just doesn't matter. There is no way that this church is ever going to go asunder. There is no way. There is no way that the gates of hell will prevail against us. There's just no way. It is impossible. It is impossible. I get the prayer. You guys get the prayer requests every week? Martha sends out some prayer requests every week. Some of us get it. It burns my heart to see to see the defeat in the church. It burns my heart. I stand before you today telling you that Jesus is Lord, that this power has been given to all of us, that we stand as a testimony, that we are, in fact, the ark, that we are Aaron's bud, that we will produce those blossoms and almonds, that we are the ones... If you look at Exodus seven, simply just go to Exodus seven, and I'm, a, I'm I'm word all the way, word all the way. We need the word, right? Exodus seven. I'll start at eleven. Then Pharaoh also called for the wise men and the sorcerers, and they also, the magicians of Egypt, did the same with their secret arts. For each one threw down his staff and turned into serpents. But Aaron's staff swallowed up their staff. Nice, huh? How we can swallow up death. It's nice how we can swallow up the lie. Life swallowed up death. You know that in every form in every way and it doesn't matter in any kind of way that death will come and threaten you That's a threat it's a threat not only are we priests and we are united in agreement but we are warriors you know that you mother bears how many mother bears come on how many papa lions are in here today we are warriors. It's nice to let out a good shout into that place of darkness and say, I'm here, and the Spirit of the Lord abides in me, and you're not coming near my house, and you're not coming near my children, and you're not coming near my finances, and you will not disturb this house. For the Lord said, oh, Lord, have mercy. Amen. Second 2 Corinthians. I start at 11. <clears throat> Actually, I'll start at 10. You guys have read this over and over again. You know what it says. We're persecuted, not forsaken, struck down, but not destroyed. You've heard this before. Always carrying about in the body the dying of Jesus, so that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our bodies. So, what is it? How is, this, how is this that we can manifest one thing and not the other? How is it? How, how is that? If we're sick, and the Bible says it's okay, we're sick. It's all right. We can get sick. It's perfectly normal. We are natural, right? In the natural, you're going to get sick. It's obviously, look at me. I got the sniffles today. I'm on Benadryl. I'm not sleepy. I'm just, you know... But the Lord showed me this, and He goes, "For we are for we who live constantly, being delivered over to death for Jesus' sake, so that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our mortal flesh." So death works in us, but life is in you." Isn't that great? That's all. <coughs> when I was first uh and I was baby Christian, you know, babies that get into trouble. I got into a lot of trouble. I didn't know. I just knew Jesus is Lord, and um, I didn't know. I, I I wasn't trained yet in understanding the word that leads me to you know to where I am today, the maturity. And all I could say was, "Jesus is Lord. Jesus is God. You gotta you gotta believe this. Yeah, this is all my thing." You know, Romans ten nine was about the only scripture I knew, and. uh I, uh, I think it was the third year I was at Calvary Assembly. That was my first church, by the way, my first home church. I was there for about 10 years. And uh, I grew up with most of the leaders there, and I was taught well. I was taught well. Clark, our spiritual father, taught us well. I had other leaders that, you know, Bill Snell, Robin Cox, and some other leaders that really took the time with these baby Christians and, you know, just put that seed, the word, and it continued to grow. I started to bleed internally in my third year. I don't know, doctors couldn't find out what it was, but they found the blood that had blood inside and they didn't know where it came from. It was perplexing, so they couldn't cut me open because they didn't didn't know where the source, why was I bleeding? And you're talking to Second Corinthians, and this is not on your boards, turn to Galatians, I'm sorry, 2.18 and so on. <clears throat> anyway, I was bleeding, I was in, in the hospital for about a week I had pain. My blood cells were just high, going crazy, and the blood was still pouring out inside, and I, I didn't know what to make of it. I'm not generally sickly, you know. have issues, but I'm, you know. And I'm in the hospital, and I don't know what to do. Oh, and by the way, I don't have insurance, because as I told you, we started living by faith, and that's it. So I ended up in the hospital, and... Uh, You just don't know what to do. I'm perplexed. I don't know. I don't know the word that brings life. I don't know this yet. I'm still learning. So what do you think? I'm thinking I'm going to die. I'm thinking, oh, this is it. He saved me to take me home. My, my thoughts, you know, those vain imaginations, they start to come in to weaken you. So we, we must learn to take captive and and, and, and tear down the vain imaginations because if anything can really put you out, is are those... Things that come into your mind, they come against the knowledge of Christ in you. They come against what you know about Jesus Christ. And uh, I started to pray. I knew how to pray. At least I I started to call out on the Lord. At least I started to, you know, with all the anxiety and all the, the, because I I have, man, I I knew I wanted to live. That much I knew. And this is what the Lord said to me. Um, I'll start at 20 I have been crucified with Christ and it is I and it is no longer I who live but Christ lives in me and the life which I now live in the flesh I live by faith in the son of God who loved me and gave himself up for me I do not nullify the grace of God for if righteousness comes through the law then Christ died needlessly he gave me that The Lord told me to look at these scriptures. And as I read these scriptures, I was released from the law of sin and death. I was released from the death that wanted to take over my body. The minute I spoke those words out that I read, life came by that word. Because God created by the word. He still is moving by his word. We are integrity. Here it is. We are meshed together in the word. This is what brings us together as one, is this word. Well, the bleeding stopped. I mean, I, was, I knew it was the word, but it's not like I could explain it to some Hindu doctor that came in who has 300,000 gods. Hello. You know, he come, He's scratching his head. Now he's trying to figure out, okay, something's wrong here. Were you seen by another doctor? No, you're my doctor. Well, the bleeding stopped. I'm, uh, I'm good. I go home. There's no trace of blood. Everything goes back to normal. I get a bill. It's like $20,000. My heart. Oh, my God, Lord. About a week later, two weeks later, someone from the uh, Florida hospital calls me up. Oh, congratulations, Mrs. Lugo. You just qualified for our, for our department, uh, some... Uh, HR department, finances, we just, you qualified. You qualified for us to pay your entire bill. Hello? Hello? De- I always say, honey, you couldn't get away from debt and taxes and a hospital bill? A guy took care of all three. <laughs> no death, no taxes. You know, the children are exempt, and I mean it in a certain other way, but pay your taxes if you have to. But uh, so I can, I can, you know, we've been living... From testimony to testimony, from word to word. That's what sustains me every single day. We will build, we're being built up this house, this dead stick. <clears throat> and when Pharaoh, the world, the serpents, and they all turn and they're all over, sister, swallow them up. Swallow them up. Open that mouth of yours and declare the word of God, sister. <laughs> And you'll see that great surpassing power that is within you. Be mindful as a church to see the chaos that's happening in the world today. Be mindful and see it, it's okay. It's all right, you know, you can see the news and not, you know, get frightened and dismay. Be mindful and know that God has left us here as his witnesses. God has left us here to declare and decree. God has left us. You know what? It is not prideful when I say that we're it. You ever had that, you know, God is in the house? We're it. We can't go anywhere, any place looking for anything. The church is it. Amen. And... Some people may say, wow, these Christians are just so full of themselves. No, we're full of God. We're full of God. And it's okay because we're it. And God is building his house to house people. And it is okay as a church. It's really okay as a church to experience that death cycle in our members. It's okay. experience, We're going to get sick once in a while And our neighbors are going to get sick And it's okay to experience one another's faults and issues Because if death is working in me in this body It's so that the life of Christ can also be worked and manifested It's okay that we show who we are It's okay It's okay that we can come together and pray for one another It's okay that we have found the church to be a safe place It's okay you know, I said this the other day, and I mean it when I say it. I may not be safe with a group of people or with one particular person when I have issues that I have to discuss. And we know that we've all been there. I just gonna get real. I don't know if you have people who want to record this. It's all right. But make up your mind. Make up your mind to say this. It's okay if I'm rejected. I am not going to reject. It's okay if I've been dejected. I'm not going to be the one refusing someone. It's okay if I'm not accepted. I'm going to accept. We lift up the standards. We are the standard bearers. In the church and outside the church. Period. There's no pride in that. There's no pride in that. There's a militancy. There is a... We are soldiers, we are generals, we are priests, we are a royal priesthood. We walk in it. These are the promises that we have dominion rule, not only in the celestial places, but here on earth. On earth! How is it that we give up our rights the minute some other serpent comes in our way and we can't swallow them up? That doesn't exist. Not for me. There was a... I was already seven years Maybe, this was two years ago, oh, already 10 years. Two years ago, my grandson, the second one, is diagnosed with some disease that only happened somewhere in the bowels of Africa. <laughs> they diagnosed some this disease. They finally send my daughter home with my grandson telling my daughter, Oh, you have to wait until he gets organ failure, then you can bring him in. There's nothing we can do for him because you know, it's it's known it's known through this disease that eventually this disease will conquer and overtake your organs and you will die. But you know, my daughter, this is a second-born son, and by the way, he's my inheritance. Did you know that your grandchildren are your inheritance? That's my inheritance. How is it that God can give me an inheritance and then take it away from me? Is God a man that he should lie? the son of man, that he should change his mind? I don't think so. No, no, no. How is it that I have blessings to give to my family? They're called transgenerational blessings and my grandson is just going to die? No, no. There was one sacrifice there was one blood, there was one cross, and he did it for my grandson. Well, God started to mobilize the soldiers. Because the Lord says that when you cannot pray because of whatever it is, he will raise up an army for you. Don't ever forget what he did with Gideon. He will raise up an army for you because he knows the people that are going to be with you. Well, I got home and, oh, man, I have some... I have some I have some powerful prayer warriors in my home because I went to the hospital. My daughter's calling me frantic. She's thinking her son is dying, and I'm on the road. And, yeah, It's hard to think. So they sent her home. She didn't go to her home. She came to my home by that time. By the time she got to my home, there were prayer warriors there. There were people already in place to swallow up the enemy's lie. Well, my grandson today, he's... um. Joshua's mine now. He's eight, right? Joshua's eight. Vibrant. That disease went back to the bowels it came from. You see? And the Lord said, He will never get sick again. See, it's the word of God that brings out the courage in me. It's the word of God that brings out the confidence in me. There was a price paid for this confidence. There's a price paid for this boldness. It's the blood. And while you're in that blood and you're in that spirit, no weapon forged against you shall prosper. That is my word. That is your word. And as a church, at my opinion, at this point, I think we should all be praying at the altar for one another. I think it's sparse at the altar. I think that we should be praying for one another, all of us. Only in the heavens there's a hierarchy. You know that. Angels, seraphims, archangels. But not in his church. Not in his church. There's no such a thing. We're one body functioning. The functions of the body. My lungs have never attacked my heart. This doesn't work that way. And my heart has been a little sick. You know? So my lungs work extra hard. Breathing more oxygenated air to get my heart going. It's good stuff. I personally came out of Pharaoh's house. I know what it is to live in Pharaoh's house. I know all the torment that it is to live in Pharaoh's house. I know all the lies and deceits. And then when I came into God's house, I knew this was my home forever. And I know that when I look at any one of you guys, I'm looking at the face of Jesus My husband asked me a question When I first met Jesus And I'm sure That's a, that's a, that's a common question I'm sure I, I just didn't think about it I mean, I'm i in the presence of God You don't think about certain things That's one of them And my husband said What did he look like? And he looked like you He looked like everyone I ever knew And was going to know he looks like you he looks like you Jesus looks like you and you know we wouldn't reject Jesus on his way to the cross we would have helped him you know knowing who we are today when he was getting beaten we would have probably tried to say don't do that to that man you know I know Well, it's the same thing in the church. Because he looks like all of us. And there's a love. It is a burning, jealous love that burns man and brings us together as one. And there is no place on earth that you can ever find a place with that kind of love. There isn't. There isn't. God ordained this place to be the place of his spirit, to be the place of his word, to be the place of his light, to be the place of safety, to be the place where you're going to come in and you're going to be surrounded and loved and cared for, so that you can continue to grow in what God has called you to grow in. It's important. It's important. You're not going to get it anyplace else, and that's okay, because if God set it up, then so be it, right? Amen. Amen. That's all I have to say. I hope you all are very well reminded that you are a storehouse being built together, one stone at a time, for the glory of God. So the next time someone looks for the Ark of the Covenant, you got a lot of people looking for that. said, so why don't you come to church? You'll see it. Come on, come with me Sunday. I'll show you the Ark. I'll show you where God's glory resides. And by the way, if you're looking for Aaron's staff, you look no longer. I'm here. What do you need prayer for? Let's do this. Yeah? Hey, right. Amen. Well, Father, we just thank you, Lord, for your word today. We thank you, Lord, for your promises. We thank you, Lord, for your spirit. Father, we thank you, Lord, that we stand before you, Lord, in your love, Lord. Father today, watch over us, Lord, as we continue to move in your grace, Lord. let your kingdom come, Lord, let your grace be established here, Lord, let your will be done, O oh Lord, Lord, we submit and surrender all of the things that try to knock down our doors, Lord, and we ask you, Lord, just take charge and take over, Lord. Give us your spirit, O Lord, that that we can continue to walk in those places you want us to walk into, Lord. Bless us, Lord, with the revelation of your word, Lord. It's in your word, Lord. It is all about you, Lord. Bless our pastor today, Lord, as he delivers his message, Lord. Bless Abby today as she sings these amazing songs for you, Lord. Bless all of us, Lord, with the spirit of unity, Lord. Release, Lord the power of agreement among us Lord that when two or more come together you're there when two touch anything concerning anything Lord you will do it bring that power of agreement into this church Lord prepare this church Lord prepare us Lord burn us Lord with that love Lord and let us look at one another in that love Lord bless us Lord bless us indeed Lord we thank you, Lord. We consecrate the rest of this time, Lord. Do what you want with it, O oh Lord. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.